Well, greetings to an early morning uh, dividing line, uh, just so you know, because we're not professionals. Um, we're recording a sweater vest dialogue. Notice the sweater vest. Um, and I just figured that Idaho was in the mountain time zone. That's not. It's in the Pacific. Well, I don't know if it divide. Does it divide Idaho? I imagine. I, I, I think it runs down the middle. Yeah. Uh, and they're way over. Uh, Moscow's way over on the border. So they're in the Pacific time zone. So uh, Rich and I are sitting here twiddling our thumbs. <laughs> it's just like. Well, we got an extra hour. We were going to do the dividing line afterwards, so let's let's do it now. Um, I'm ready to go, and uh, and 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 let's do it. Letting a friend of mine know that we are live on the air right now. Uh, uh, Disclose.tv just posted that the uh, they've redesigned the USA uh, soccer uh, uniform. For the World Cup in Qatar, and uh, they have put the um, LGBTQ rainbow uh, stripes. They replaced the red, white, and blue with red, with uh, blue, white, and the LGBT colors for the USA. Uh, we're done. It's over. Um, I live in the center of the. You know, some people in the olden days would have said. We live in the in the center of incompetency, um, incapacity, inability, stupidity. It's none of those things. Uh, I live in Maricopa County, and uh, we're sitting here watching it right in front of our. We know exactly what's going on. We can see it. When you have when you have districts where only twenty percent of the Democrats showed up, and they're still voting for Katie Hobbs, who is Katie Hobbs is the female equivalent of Fetterman and Biden, okay? She would not debate. She she hid out. She was doing... We've, we saw this before. We watched this before. Um, one side is having big rallies and lots and lots of people, and the other side is sitting in classrooms with a dozen people. And it's the people in the classrooms, a dozen people, that win. It's real simple. Um, until you have, uh, until and and you notice more and more of these states are doing this. Um, un- until you have in-person voting, not not ballot harvesting, but in-person voting, it's done. Look at California. What is California? Is is California a two-party state? No, of course not. It's a one-party state. It's a totalitarian regime. And as long as you Print, 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 and print. Print, 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 print. You can print all you need. What? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, As long as you print ballots, and you know what? There's, There's no, amazingly enough, despite the hatred of fossil fuels, there is no hatred of ink. And so there's no ink shortage. And as long as you can print, you can harvest... And you can win any election you want, and you can make it all look fine and dandy, but it's not, and it's over. I mean, that's just, uh, that's why, you know, part of me sits here and goes, I, I want to just lash out at the stupidity of a nation 
that watches, it, it sees itself being driven into the ground militarily, economically, uh, just just everything. Inflation going through the roof. Once the petrodollar is done, um, our, our money will become worthless. You'll, you'll be spending 35 bucks for a loaf of bread and 40 for a gallon of milk. That's all you'll be able to do is subsistence. And we allegedly are voting ourselves into this. I don't think we are. I don't think we are. Um, I have zero confidence, zero confidence any longer in the election system in the United States. It, it, we're sitting here. Uh, it'd be a week tomorrow since, since election day. And there are still lots and lots of ballots to be quote unquote counted. Uh, Florida can do it in one night. Uh, Maricopa County can't do it in a week. Oh, it's because of all the le- what the legislature's done. And here's the problem. You're not going to change any of it. There's lots and lots of people I see in social media. People get it. They see it. They understand it. They've documented it. But they're all going, and there's nothing we can do about it. Because who's who, who can make those changes? The people who already control the system. So I am one person that, uh, you know, part of me, honestly just wants to go, well, I'm just not going to bother anymore because it obviously does not make any difference. I, I do not believe that my vote counts any longer at all. Um, so why would I continue to do it? Protest. Just a, it's, it's, it's a testimony that we're still out here. We know what you're doing. Um, and we know you're our enemies. And we know that you eventually, you know, if you can get away with it, you're going to check us in the gulags. But um, we're going to, we're going to keep testifying. And the fact of the matter is, look, Christians have lived in as minority, persecuted minorities before. But here in the United States, and this is partly what Doug and I are going to be talking about next hour. I don't know when it'll drop, but normally it normally drops in a week. So anyway, um, what we're what we're dealing with here is we've had um a righteous and true way of doing things. There, there, was, there was so much Christian truth represented in the Constitution of the United States. Now, I would argue that its fatal flaw was when it didn't represent a full-orbed biblical methodology. That's where the holes were, and those are the holes that have been um, utilized by our enemies to to destroy it, to kill it. it. had a good run, longer than, I'm sure longer than anybody expected it to, uh, to be honest with you, when they, when they wrote it. Um, and much longer than anything in Europe, that's for sure. But uh, when, you, when, when you talk about, and I don't, I don't want to step on what Doug and I are going to be doing, um, but the reality is uh, our nation is so we, we we had a strong foundation we had a great run so we are in the collapse stage the takeover stage uh the transition into something with much less liberty and freedom which with much less um opportunities in the future and we want our stuff i want my stuff I've got a house. It's not a big house. It's not in a really great neighborhood anymore. Um, I hear gunshots a whole lot more than I used to. That's for sure. 
I don't think I told you, I, just a couple nights ago, um, five rounds, just bang, 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 just, just that fast. And every time I've heard that, the next morning there's a report of, you know, dead bodies someplace, you know, gang hits, whatever, you know. Uh, you know those uh, apartments down at the corner. Uh, those are bad, bad, bad places. Um, but hey, uh, I've, I can I can travel. Um, I've got my house, and I want all that. I want to keep all that. And that's if you live in a city. If you live in a city, they have you over a barrel. I, and I know that. I've we've got a friend that keeps telling us, "You gotta get out of the cities." Well, the problem is that's where my my kids are and my grandchildren are and and that's where the church I serve in is. And so it's you know, uh how how do you how do you balance all that stuff? And I'm not going to tell anybody I know exactly how to balance all these things. Um because I've never I've none of us have ever lived through um an internal takeover of of a nation and even when you look at history uh when when rome fell everybody knows it was it it had been falling for quite some time and there's sort of a cultural momentum you know it sort of keeps going on what it had had in the past and that's what's been keeping us going but when you have people taking over and they have taken over and I believe illegitimately, as far as the legal system was concerned, um, who will not allow us to provide for our own energy needs, which we could do easily, and who are sold out. I mean, look at the religious cult going on with the UN's climate conference right now. Oh, my goodness. Um did you see what Biden and Trudeau were wearing when they went waltzing into that thing yesterday? I mean, again, we're looking at James Bond villains here. It's it's look at what he's wearing. It's uh, anyway. Um the the promulgation of just bold-faced lies. And I, and I'm look, folks, I I don't know. We've talked about this in the past and it has become so accepted the lie has been repeated so many times that many of my fellow Christians just buy it and they go, well, you know, well, maybe, maybe there's something to this uh, carbon stuff. No, there's not. The facts are so clear. When was the last time you saw a debate? An honest, full-on, scholarly debate over the role of carbon emissions and uh, the climate. Do you ever see any of that? Does the current, does media ever give both sides of, of an argument? Nope. You look at where all the money's going. Look at where the money's going. And then you can figure out, you know, what, what stories will, will the media be covering? Will they, will they cover the largest Ponzi um, la- money laundering scandal in the history of the world that is breaking right now, the FTX story? Will they? I mean, here you've got, literally, you've got money going, voted by the Congress of the United States, goes to Ukraine, goes into FTX, and comes back to the United States into Democratic coffers. Ha! Huh. 
Wow, you would think that would be enough to put people in prison, huh? Will anybody talk about it? No, 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 no. Only in that that strange media over there type stuff, you know. Follow the money, man. Follow the money. Where's the money been going? The money's been... We are trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars in debt. And it shot up like anything only over the past couple of years. Where did it all go? Somebody's got it. It's gone into somebody's pockets. And that buys... (laughs) Man... If you can spend $10,000 and get some hitman to take somebody else out, what can you get with $10 trillion? Whoa, you can take anybody out with that. So it's just it's, it really does amaze me how many Christians can sit there and theologically go, I believe in total depravity. I just happen to believe that po- politicians are above total depravity. <laughs> it's like, really? Okay. All right. So anyways, um, uh, we... Absolutely, uh, sitting here, Maricopa County, uh, just just keep delaying it, keep delaying it, so that it takes time to print the ballots. You know, uh, you, you got to know exactly how many you need in each area, and and that's and you go, you can't prove that, and I'm like, well, uh, here's here's just just watch the results, just watch as the mono party absolutely takes takes complete control, and then silences any opposition has that ever happened before yeah have we ever been in a situation where it can happen faster thanks to the digital world and to the inevitable unstoppable introduction of digital currency uh utter complete and total enslavement of a population yeah that's that's what's coming now don't get me wrong it can't last it has no foundation. Uh, totalitarian power can only last so long. People will turn on each other. Um, I, I I get it, but the results will be amazing. And, um, you know, you have to try to make decisions based upon where you're going to have semblances of freedom. And, um, you know, I... When I moved into my current house, I said, we're going to bury me in the backyard. I hate moving. I hate even contemplating it. But I, I can't live in California. And if Arizona becomes California, we're going to have to find other ways of doing things. Just all there is to it. I, um, that's, just, that's just the way it is. So anyways, just, it, it, there is a tremendous feeling of frustration to be in this county, to watch it happening. And there's nothing you can do about it. You, you just, there's, there's nothing you can do about it. And partly, you know, part of that is you, you also recognize this, the same, uh, nation is, this is, this is God's judgment upon a people who have had tremendous light and have sinned against that light and continue to do so in a massive way, in a massive, massive way. I don't see any, uh, I don't see any, uh, repentance, any sign of repentance whatsoever. Um, um, and so there you go. A couple things, since we've already, uh, probably made it impossible to put this on YouTube anyways. Um, I'm just about to, um, I want to point out a, uh, major, um, study and there are a couple of them coming out, but, uh, major studies are coming out 
I think this one was from, uh, let me see here, where'd it go? I think it was from Israel. Yeah, yeah, here it is. Was that a large population-based study? And come on, where's where's it at? Over half a million adults in the study. And uh, anyway, basically, basically, long, long story short, uh, one of the talking points that has been uh, floating around, if you've been following any of this, I, to be honest with you, I'm getting the feeling most people have burned out on it. And they don't care. Um, but one of the talking points about the heart damage uh, produced by the mRNA vaccines is that, well, COVID-19 causes it. It's the spike protein. So whether you whether you have the vaccine or you get COVID-19, it's all the same thing. It's not. Uh, this, uh, oh, yeah, it is there's Israel. Good. All right. Um, retrospective cohort study of 196,992 adults after COVID-19 infection in Klalit, Health Services members in Israel between March 2020 and January 2021. Inpatient myocarditis and pericarditis diagnoses were retrieved from day 10 after positive PCR. Follow-up was censored on 28 February 2021 with minimum observation of 18 days. The control cohort of 590,976 adults with at least one negative PCR and no positive PCR were age and sex match. So this is, that's a... What what are you looking at there? Uh, Seven hundred, about eight hundred thousand. That's a that's a big study. It's a very big study. And what it found was um, the myocarditis, pericarditis uh, was associated with the vaccines, not with getting COVID nineteen. Because that had been the talking point. It doesn't matter. Hey, you know, it's just the spike protein thing, and that's what we got to do. No, it's not what it's saying. It's not the only study. And again, follow the money. Who, who's on the boards of the CDC and the FDA and Pfizer and Moderna? It is one big monetary incestuous relationship. That's all it is. And just think of the money that has gone into that field. Your money. Well, the treasure of this nation, which is being plundered uh, by the enemies that have taken over the nation. It's um, truly astonishing. People are living the high life uh, like you would not believe. And so there's there's nobody there's nobody mine in the store. And uh, you can you can get all these studies you want, uh, but the fact is the mind numb zombies and MSNBC. Um, and let, let's make sure this doesn't go on YouTube. The mind numb zombies at YouTube, uh, Google. Um, uh, they're not going to allow any open discussion of any of this. It's just, it's just not possible. You're, you're not allowed to do it. Uh, it doesn't matter that they are peer-reviewed studies and everything else. They don't care. Because when you've got hundreds of millions or billions of dollars coming, you don't have to care. As long as you protect your revenue stream, you don't have to care. It's what we're what we're facing. Uh, and at the same time, um, 
I didn't mention this one. I'm just doing stuff real quick before we get to anything else. Um, th- I didn't cover this. This was actually, uh, well, it was only 10 days ago. But um, a football, a former Vasilis Tsiartas, I think that's how you pronounce it, the former football player of AEK and the Greek national team, was sentenced by the single-member misdemeanor court of Athens to 10 months in prison and a 5,000 euro suspended fine for his transphobic post on social media in 2017. Now just think about that for a second. Five years ago, he posted a transphobic post. Anybody in this audience ever posted a transphobic post? Since transphobic is a make-believe word that refers to any human being. It refers to any little boy or girl that knows the difference between a boy and a girl. Okay? So if you speak the truth about gender, the scientific, historical, moral, ethical truth about gender that has been known by mankind from the beginning, that that every chiseled Egyptian hieroglyph recognizes. Um, if you speak that truth, um, these these folks will call it transphobic. And once you make that quote unquote illegal, realize something. Once you make that illegal, you are making your law immoral, which means your law no longer has not no longer has positive ethical value to it. And in fact, because it now has negative ethical value, the ethical and moral thing is to resist your law. And that's why in tyranny, in a a tyrannical regime, the only foundation is not morality or ethics, but sheer power. Sheer power. The, The barrel of the gun is all you've got. Because you don't have morality and ethics on your side when you're a totalitarian. Um, The legendary footballer became the first to be convicted of the anti-racism law as amended in 2014. It is known that the Intersex Support Support Association, through its president Marina Scalanos, had filed a lawsuit against him, who had also denounced those who had issued threats against her lately. Um, I don't, the point is, um, here, okay, more specifically, he had posted on his Facebook account that he wished, quote, the first gender changes will be made by the children of those who voted for this disgrace. Let's see with what pride they will have. Please legalize, P.S., legalize the pedophiles and complete the crimes. Oh, okay, I see. In other words, he was saying, this is part of a whole... Uh, sexual revolution, which we've been talking about for a long, long time. And then, then, then he really here. This is this guy needs to go to jail. In a second post, a few hours later, he had commented, "God created Adam and Eve." Wow, what horrific hate speech! God created Adam and Eve. Oh my goodness. There's there's grease for you. Now, hey, you know, Greece doesn't have a whole lot of, you know, let's Greek history 
not overly moral in and of itself, is it? Uh, but uh, now we now we have now we have that. Yeah, it's it's great. It's it's amazing. So anyhow, um, I uh, did want to mention uh, also. I'm just looking over here. Um, Eli Ayala has posted the sign up for the January 21st Epic Online Calvinism Conference. And uh, so you can track that down, and uh, I will uh, <laughs> I will uh, be one of uh, the folks that will be taking part with that uh, together with uh, Scott Christensen, who um, I was... When we, we got the new pole vehicle for the RV, I had to fly to go get it. It's the first time I've flown since one quick trip in 2020. And I think I mentioned it was a horrible experience, uh, even though my flights actually got there pretty much close to on time. Um, like I said, the, the airport was dirty, and the look on everybody's faces was the same look. It was, I'm flying standby because my flight was canceled, and I'm going from gate to gate, and... This is not a fun experience. That's, that was just how everybody. Uh, it's a massive change from when I had been flying, like I said, in 2019, 165,000 miles I logged in, in 2019. And um, I'm walking toward my gate, having muddled my way through uh, security in a very slow fashion because I don't have all the neat, fun stuff that I used to have. And... Um, uh, I hear someone say, Dr. White? And I that always scares me in airports. And um, it happens a lot, but it still scares me in airports. And I look over, and it was Scott Christensen. And um, he and, and his family um, were doing the, our flight's been canceled, they can't get us home until tomorrow afternoon thing, but we're going from gate to gate to try to find a standby flight that we can all get on to get home type situation. And um, he will be uh, joining his books on Theodicy. Really, really excellent. Um, and uh, so, anyway, just check out uh, revealedapologetics.com. Look, uh, I think there's an events tab, and uh, that'll be January 21st. I'm not sure exactly how all that works out, because it's like for hours and hours and hours on end. Um, and and I'm not going to be doing hours and hours and hours on end, but uh, um, there, there you go. Um, You'll you'll have that uh, coming up. All right. Um, so we covered that. Do we go ahead and go with that? I suppose so. That would be the way to do that. Do we have two of them? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me just think here because I was I was out of town over the weekend. We we had a leadership retreat type thing where it, it's just a you know sometimes just there's so many kids. Oh my goodness. Um, uh, Apologia has has the children, and uh, uh, so we went up way up uh, out in I think, what's that place called um, Pine Top Lakeside. And it's about sixty seven hundred feet or so, so it was pretty nippy at night. Let me tell you, uh, there was there was a little snow, and and uh, my my granddaughters, we took two of my grandkids with us, and uh, they were, I mean. Those of you that live back east or up north or something, you've got to picture this. There was like 
you know, you know how days after a snow has melted, there's still gonna be a few places that were in the in the shade where you can get just a just a little bit. They were so excited. <laughs> they found just enough a little bit of snow to throw at each other. I mean, that was uh that was that was truly exciting for them because uh, you know, you li- when you live in Phoenix, you don't you don't see stuff like that. So, uh anyway, uh been sort of busy uh this this past weekend as far as driving and traveling and stuff like that. So, I'm sure that there are some stuff that I am um I'm skipping and missing here uh along the way. Uh just oh, by the way, one other thing real quick before I get to this article, um, we've uh, added one more church. Uh, we added after I'm in uh, Lubbock on Friday. Um, I'll be at in um, Amarillo on Sunday uh, on my way home after the St. Charles trip. And um, so I think that's going to add up to, I think, five churches total uh, on a two and a half week trip, which is fairly, um, fairly busy, uh, given how far I'm going and things like that. Again, all depending on whether there's still diesel fuel, uh, (laughs) and believe me, folks, if there's no diesel fuel, there's no fuel. Uh, there's no food. Um, because you might go, well, my car runs on gas. How did your, how did the gas get to your gas station in a tanker truck pulled by a diesel engine? Uh, we can fly. Uh, how did the gas get to the airport? Uh, how did the, the the aviation fuel get to the airport? A diesel-powered truck. So you you control diesel, and you get it that down to where you can't do deliveries of food, medicines, fuel, and the place completely falls apart. You've got riots. You've got you know the cops can't can't patrol anymore. Uh, societal collapse and i used to think but they'd never allow that to happen i don't believe that anymore if the if the if the the biden regime wanted that to happen uh they would do it because that their worldview doesn't care it has no ground for them to care as long as they're protected if they think that their power can be advanced and and it would think about it you live in a city, the grocery store has been ransacked, there's nothing left. You only have a few days worth of stuff left. And they come along and say, hey, um, for the title to your house and no more elections, um, we'll provide you with basic sustenance. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I, I, in fact, I, I had the thought a couple times over the weekend. If we had really, if the if people had really wanted to win this last election, what they should have done um, is they should have said, "If you vote for the Democrats, your kitties and your doggies will starve." Because it's true, they will. Uh, if you because if you can't get food delivery, they're not going to be delivering kittles, skittles, or kittles, or kibbles and bits, or whatever it is you're feeding your animals. Um, and so your, your pets will be suffering right along with, since most young people don't have children anymore because they are children. Isn't that amazing? Think about it. Children love pets, right? And so now we have 30 year old people, um, who won't get married. They won't have children. 
because they know that's too much responsibility. Uh, but they but they do have their pets, and that's how they're replacing that. It's just oh, they, oh no, they treat them like like children. It's astonishing. It it it's just it's it's institutionalized infancy. Institutionalized infancy is what we're seeing all around us. Um, but infants are easily controlled, and they're inf- easily frightened. But the point is, they they control all this stuff now, and. Um, we are sitting on top of more fossil fuels, and the Earth keeps producing them. It's amazing. We are sitting on more fossil fuels. We burn them far more cleanly than they do in Asia, for example. So it doesn't matter how much we cut back our CO2 emissions. Asia is not going to do it, and they're going to more than make up for anything we do. So it's, it's completely irrelevant. But we will crush ourselves for a fantasy. We will, we will kill ourselves for a fantasy. Because it is a fantasy. Uh, eventually, I'm just going to have to go back and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up, because I've, I've saved a number of copies of it, uh, the chart on CO2 and the fact that as far as it functioning as a uh, radiation, heat radiation uh, absorber so as to create warmth, uh, it passed its maximum capacity long time ago. We could double the CO2 in the atmosphere. The only thing that would happen is plants would really like it. Plants would be greener and grow faster than ever. That wouldn't change temperature at all. The, the therm- you want the thermostat for the Earth? It's 150 million kilometers that way. So it is. That's why... Uh, during the medieval period, the Earth was considerably warmer than it is now. Considerably warmer than it is now. And that wasn't because of the Romans having campfires at night. <laughs> okay? That's not what it was. Not what it was at all. And by the way, I saw I saw a chart yesterday. You know the renewables? Uh, the, the Talking about the percentage of energy being... Uh, Generated by renewables. You know what the vast majority of that is? Wood. Wood. Yeah. We're talking less than 2% worldwide from solar and windmills. And yet, that's supposed to charge up your EV. <laughs> it's just... It, 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 people are going to look back uh, 30 years from now when it's all come tumbling down and... Uh, America is owned by four different foreign nations, including China and Russia. Um, and, and they're going to go, how could we have been that stupid? It's all right. It was all right there in front of us. And it's like, it's called public education. <laughs> just, just, you, you turn people into statists. You don't teach them how to think critically. Uh, you rob them of a worldview that values human life. And voila, <laughs> there you go. You ha- you keep pulling that microphone up in front of you like you're like you're feeling a sermon coming on or something. No, I was just saying that I need to remind you. You need to remind me. We need to get all those I know. stops on the calendar because I, I get phone I calls and they're like, "You got nothing on the calendar," and it's my bad. But I need to do that. Well, I, I, everybody knows the first weekend in December is always in St. Charles. 
coming to Grace Church, and they've already got that stuff up on the website, I think, and stuff like that. It's the um, it's on the way back uh, when we'll be doing the uh, road trip at aomin.org. Road trip at aomin.org. Uh, again, if you want if you want this to be able to happen, uh, maybe when I'm coming by for however long we're still going to be able to do this, uh, then you need to send an email to roadtrip at aomin.org with uh, contact information, uh, location of the church, and just, just understand what that's all about is I'll be traveling, and I may contact you and say, I'll be coming. I've got a fairly short leg on Tuesday. I'll be coming into your area. Um, and you're talking about an evening thing, informal. It can be a full-on presentation on a topic. We can talk about Islam or the New Testament or Mormonism or whatever is relevant in your area. Um, it can be something just with your elders. It can be a dinner, uh, as long as it's not at a Chinese restaurant <laughs> or Indian restaurant. Um, uh, look, fact of the matter is, if you've got good chips and salsa, I'll be there. <laughs> you got good chips and salsa. That's worth unhooking the truck and 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 going for. Um uh good hot chips with excellent salsa. Ah yes. We'll we'll sit there and chat all night. But anyway, um road trip at aomin.org is where you need to get you know to get on that that map. And for those of you sending in emails from Canada, that's not going to happen. <laughs> okay? Sorry. Yeah, got one from South Africa. Okay, remember I have to drive there, um, and so um, that makes it a little tough. Uh, we're, we're talking, we're talking United States, and we're talking non-socialist United States right now. Uh, so, uh, left coast, nah, not going to happen. Um, some northern, northern, midwestern, nah, probably not going to happen there. And East Coast, maybe up, you know, I've been up as far as Virginia and Pennsylvania. Really, folks? Uh, Okay, I live in Maricopa County, so I don't have a whole lot lot to talk about, but (laughs) Fetterman, huh? (laughs) Okay. Well, if we we end up with Katie Hobbs uh, and Mark Kelly and, um, and then Lulu, I mean, that's the only way to describe her is because how do you describe our other senator. Oh, I know. The Democrats are mad at her. But she's she's just... How do you describe her? I mean, she's she's bisexual. She's she's unpredictable. Um, I've, I've been thankful that, that she's you know, basically walked up uh, in the Senate and just sort of prances up and goes... Nope, <laughs> prances off, and and I, I think the Democrats sit there looking at her too, going. That's true. That's true. That's true. There's she's she's all for herself, and that's all she cares about. That's, there's no question about it. Why why is her name skipping my brain? Oh, cinema, cinema. Yes, yes. <laughs> but you know, Katie Hobbs. 
I've basically said she's Arizona's version of Kamala Harris. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, it's just... No, I think Kamala Harris has more personality. Well, that may... Never mind. <laughs> Careful. Careful. Notice he wisely turned the microphone off at that point and said, yeah, no, let's not go there. No. No, but it is bad. It is... Uh, it's it's horrible. Um and uh, we're going to have to be doing a lot of praying and a lot of planning uh, because at least during the last lockdown, we had a semi-Republican governor. And uh, if we end up with her, um, but again, it's it, uh, in, in the past, I'd sit here going, I just can't believe people would vote. For, and now I'm sitting here going, that's not the issue. It's who has the best mechanism for harvesting ballots. It's not voting. It's ballots. And that's the issue. That's the issue. Uh, when you've got entire areas where only 20% of the Democrats voted that are voting for Katie Hobbs over against Kerry Lake, you just know that uh, not only are the dead voting now, um, but everybody's voting. And they're all voting the same way. It's, uh, it's amazing. Anyhow, um, let's get to something serious uh, before uh, we need to... Well, all this is serious. It's we're all facing these questions, and I'm facing them right along with you. And there are levels that there, you know, there are certain, like like I was saying earlier, there's there's a fr- there's a level of frustration when you're in the downward slide, and you you know where all your blessings have come from. And let's be honest, we just assumed they'd always be there. We make you make plans for quote unquote retirement based upon the continued blessing of God, of peace and prosperity to your nation. And yet we did not communicate with clarity the fact that those blessings were based upon certain realities, certain views of man that most of us in my generation. We knew that there were people in universities that were teaching just utter insanity. Um, But we just always figured, really, the mindset was once people graduate and they get a job, then they grow up. They realize the foolishness of it. Uh, Then that stopped. And they get a job and they're willing to be enslaved by this worldview and to do and say things are just absurd. And that's now we're we're living with the result of that. Um, so there you go. Um, so last uh, last program or program before last, I don't remember when it was. We uh, responded to the second of. I, I'm only aware of three. There may be a fourth one. There is a fourth one. I haven't downloaded it yet. Uh, I need to track that down. Of articles on Baptist dogmatics. Once again, uh, we have to illustrate the importance of recognizing a what sounds like a rather esoteric, complicated, and hence why should anybody worry about it, shift in 
amongst Reformed men, this one coming through a, ironically, a, a push for uh, theology proper. Well, you know, there is a reason why I, why well, actually it was my editor, but agreed to the title The Forgotten Trinity back in the late 90s was there really was not much emphasis. There wasn't much being published at all on the doctrine of the Trinity. Very often when I would speak on the subject, I'd have people saying, man, I'd, I'd never heard anybody talking about these things. I, I couldn't have told you the difference between monotheism or henotheism or polytheism. And, and I, I, you know, I would always challenge my audiences. So I've always been outside of this group because I would always challenge my audiences. You need to know how and why the Bible teaches that there's only one true God. Because the doctrine of the Trinity is a biblical doctrine. It is derived from Scripture. It is forced upon us by the the canonical witness, the witness of the entire canon of Scripture. And it has been my privilege over decades to talk to people who have been firmly grounded in the confidence that the Bible teaches the doctrine of the Trinity, that it's not simply a tradition of men that developed over time, that it's not just simply, well, these are the victors, okay? So you had, you had the, the, the modalists, the Sibelians, the Patropassionists in the second century, and they got defeated in the East, and then the subordinationists grew out of origin and eventually flourished under Arius, and and then you have the Council of Nicaea, but then you have the Arian resurgence after the Council of Nicaea. And eventually, their final defeat on that subject at Council of Constantinople in 381. And then you have the inevitable discussions concerning um, Christology uh, that take place over the next, you know, that started taking place and and take place for about the next what uh, eighty years or so until uh, you get Chalcedon and all of the <clears throat> issues the Chalcedon is representing. And once you start getting into that, and and people get the idea, okay, what I believe on this is actually the result of a lengthy a series of theological development, and it's not apostolic it's not uh it's not forced upon it does not flow from the text of scripture it is a system that seeks to uh put its feet down on the pages of scripture without having any real concern about the um the direction of flow, okay? And and again, when you interact seriously with other religions, somewhat with world religions, um maybe with, you know, with Islam because Islam, you know, the Quran, the Quran is uninterpretable. 
without uh, a knowledge of the Bible. The, the author of the Quran assumes that it's re- that the readers of the Quran know what the Bible is, which is really interesting when you think about it, since vast majority of Muslims don't know what's in the Bible. So their connection to the actual narrative of the Quran is frequently not even there. That's why so little of preaching and teaching in the mosques is actually, we would even recognize it as having any type of exegetical or historical element to it at all. A lot of Christians aren't aware of that. But primarily as you deal with religions under the banner of Christendom, including our cults and isms, that's when you really start being able to recognize the difference between a theology that flows out of the text and one that is created out here and then seeks to base itself in the text. There's a difference between the two. Um, Reformed people should should get this. Just think about John 6 for a second. Just think about how many times we have gone over John 6 and we have gone through the text and we've we've demonstrated the flow of the text. And you start up here and here's you know where the, the, the terminology is defined and then you just you follow the flow of the argument and and so many people will look at, for example, what Norm Geisler did with John 6, and they'll see he doesn't flow with the, ar- the argument. He goes down here, reads this text separate from everything else, and then takes that and forces everything else into a box based upon reading verse 40 in a certain particular fashion, um, and then ignores stuff that comes afterwards. It We, we should recognize what it looks like to have your theology flow from the text, and then what it looks like when theology is being forced onto the text. And so the Arminian, John 6, jumps off to John 12, 32, and reads it back in, and and we see that. It's like, oh, yeah, oh, dude. And then we talk to the cults, and we see the amazing interpretations that Joseph Smith comes up with, or that even modern... Uh, Mormon apologists come up with. And that's not flowing from the text. They have not given any consideration whatsoever to what the apostles intended and what the apostles were, were communicating. They have an external theological system they're putting onto the text. We recognize that there. But when it happens in our own camp, when it's when it's our own uh when it's people who come to pretty much the same conclusions that we do, when they're doing it, that's a whole different issue. And we don't seem to be able to recognize it as easily and as quickly. So in the last, in the, in the last response, what we did is we looked at the exegesis, and I put scare quotes on that because there's a meaning for exegesis. The goal of exegesis, now, and this is part of the argument, uh, I assert the goal of exegesis is to recognize the specific intention of the original text itself that was meant to be communicated to its audience by its words. What did John intend to communicate in writing John chapter 6? 
and in recording the words of Jesus in the way that he does. This has been how... There is not a single church that I've ever been in. When, when, when I was in Ireland, I spoke in a brethren church. Okay, They are not Reformed by any stretch of the imagination. But I simply exegeted Romans 9, and they were like, yeah, that's, that's what it says. I didn't have to use external terminology. I didn't have to talk about Calvinism. I didn't have to use, do any of that. You just let the text speak for itself. And it says what it says. Well, we saw that the exegesis that says, well, we need to have the mind of God. That sounds extremely pious. But that's a nice way of saying we have our theological understandings. And it flows out of our confessions and and out of all this doctrinal development for centuries and centuries and centuries. And that needs to be the lens through which we read Scripture. And so we can answer we can literally take a text. It's just one text. It's amazing how this is how this is devolved out of my simple recognition that there is a single text that is difficult and hard, and it's not meant to answer all the questions, and that there have been people in our past who've tried to make it answer all sorts of questions. So that one text in, in Matthew 24 all of a sudden, we, we got an entire discussion about how you can actually answer questions about a divine person that's never mentioned in the text itself, the Holy Spirit. How? By taking your theology as the lens through which you now interpret Scripture. The inevitable outcome of that is that you cannot claim that your system of theology flows out of the text of Scripture. That's no longer exegesis. It's theology. Now, we have to do theology, but it's after the exegesis. Now we have an inversion. And the inversion is not only indefensible once we're dealing with the cults and isms, um, but it fundamentally leads to an acceptance of an authority system outside of the Scriptures themselves. Inevitably. That does not, I'm not saying that the people that are already doing it have already figured out the inevitable result of what they're doing, but they will. Now, they may just continue to live with the uh, contradiction, because a lot of people do. But there will be other people who, seeing the contradiction, don't want to live with the contradiction, and therefore will adopt a perspective where the contradiction doesn't exist anymore. And the only way to do that is to abandon sola scriptura and everything that that means. And once you, once you have a vacuum, then stuff rushes in there. Once you start doing the tradition thing, then you're off into the, the only other options that are, that are presented to you. Um, Eastern Orthodoxy, Roman Catholicism, certain forms of Anglicanism, um, and some of the other smaller groups that we don't know a whole lot about in the United States because they're primarily located elsewhere. Church of the East, things like that. Um, And so we've been warning about that, talking about that. So the third article, and I think we really actually uh, have gone an hour, haven't we? We got to go. Uh, so we will we will be looking at the Trinity Christology theological concerns number three 
as we continue our uh, our review. So um, thanks for listening to the program today. Snuck it in here early because we were gone toward the end of last week. Don't know when we'll get back together, but probably at least once or twice more this week. And we'll see you then. And watch for the Sweater Vest Dialogue. Don't know when it'll drop, but I'll be wearing exactly what I'm wearing right now because we're about to record it right now. We'll see you later. God bless.